We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. That means it's time for Penn State Rivals lead recruiting analyst Eric Lammers to join us. Eric, we missed a week. You miss a week, you miss a lot, don't you? Yeah, it just so happens, right? A commitment comes out, you know, and we miss a week and things like that. And and, and people, you know, drop top fours and Penn State's not included. So gives us plenty to talk about. And I'm, you know, I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back on here with you, Jim. I miss that, you know, miss not having that week or, you know, my weekly spot with you. Because like I said, I always look forward to it. So I'm I'm definitely glad to be back with you. And I'm glad you're, that you're doing well. Um, let's start with the... Not so good news, which is uh, Phil Pachotti from Percasy here in Pennsylvania, inside linebacker, 6'3", 225. He got to his final four, and it's Oklahoma, Auburn, Nebraska, and Michigan. Does not include Penn State. Anytime a recruit doesn't pick Penn State, I'm never surprised anymore. But I got to admit, I'm surprised he didn't even make the top four with them, a Pennsylvania kid. Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I, I thought they would at least make the top four. Uh, if I'm being honest with you, I thought that that was at least going to go that direction where he'd get a shot, maybe get an official visit, and kind of go from there. Uh, you know, he's somebody that we've been watching now for a while. Obviously, we've talked about him. You know, dating back, I don't know, five, six months. You know, over at um, Nittany Nation, and, and somebody that could be a part of this class. But I think what ended up happening, you know. Early on in his recruitment, we thought Penn State, we thought Notre Dame, maybe those were the two teams, right? And now, now you look up and those two teams are not even in the Final Four and he's looking to go a different direction. And I think ultimately what happened with Penn State specifically uh, and Phil, I think they kind of, you know, both liked each other. I don't know if anybody was really loving each other, right? And what I mean by that is I think Penn State kind of maybe saw Phil as a a traditional box backer, right? That plays downhill. That's that your tone setter. He's gonna he's gonna whop you. He's gonna hit you hard. He's gonna be a, you know a leader of your defense and do all the right things, right? But as the game continues to evolve and as the game continues to speed up and be sideline to sideline, you're really looking for some guys at that backer position that can turn and run and play pass coverage and can get sideline to sideline. And I think. Ultimately, probably what happened with Penn State is they looked out in their 22 class and they took a guy like Abdul Carter, very much like, you know, Phil here, Picotti, right, in terms of he's that downhill, he's going to close with force, he's going to hit you behind the line. Um, how many of those guys can you afford to take back-to-back, right? Can you go back-to-back with a traditional backer? If, especially if you don't think you can develop that backer into a three-down guy, if he's got to come off the field on passing downs, is that the right move, right? And 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 for Phil, you know, he's looking at it as like, how much does Penn State really love me? How much do they really want me? I got these other four schools that are really recruiting me hard. You know, they really want me. Uh, maybe that's where I should need to put my attention. Maybe you know. And so I think this was probably a, a a case of where two two you know two entities, Penn State and Phil Bacotti, they kind of talk and they're not talk, but they kind of figure out that maybe they're just not destined for each other this cycle. Maybe if it was a different cycle, things would be different. But the way the recruiting and roster management and how you have to build a team, I think just in this cycle, it just wasn't it wasn't meant to be. And I think both realized that heading in, and, and Phil obviously realized that heading into the Final Four and, and felt like, you know what, I don't, there's no nece- there's no need to include Penn State. These are the four schools that I'll be looking at, and this is the direction I'll be going. I hadn't really thought about it that way, Eric, but He's now the second in-state guy. I think Josiah Trotter, who went to West Virginia, was also considered an inside guy or a box guy. 
And is it fair to say, really, you could have the, those outside guys could potentially play inside, but if there's if you're an inside guy, you probably don't have the skill set to do some of the outside stuff. Right. So you're better off the other way. Right. That's a perfect way to put it. You know, obviously, so. Yeah, obviously with the with the smaller guys, you know, maybe it's a wheel back or whatever. He's maybe a little lighter in the pants, right? But what you're hoping for is that you can keep him clean with your defensive line in front, right? And so he can just make plays in space, um, keep those big offensive linemen off of him, and then he can help you out in pass coverage and things like that, right? Whereas, again, Bacody maybe can't give you that out in pass coverage just because he doesn't have the ability to turn and run. Now I saw some clips recently of him on on uh, Twitter, and he and he was trying to show that he can do that, and and so that's more power to him, and maybe he can develop that way. I think, but again, I think it was kind of you know, Penn State took Abdul Carter in uh, 22, right, and so. How hard did they really want to press in 23 for for Phil when you because you know would they do they want to recruit him because he's an inside guy yeah do they want to take his commitment if he wants to commit yeah but how hard right do we do we go after this and if he goes another direction so be it let the cards fall as they may and we will we will then you know look at how we can build that linebacker room up through other prospects that maybe we feel like can give us a little more versatility a little more you know. First down, second down, and third down um, when we're out on the on the field. Gotcha. The other part that's a little surprising to me is in his final four, a kid from Pennsylvania. If if you have Michigan in there, that's typical. Or maybe Notre Dame, or maybe Ohio State. I was a bit surprised though to see that you saw Oklahoma, Auburn, and Nebraska. Those aren't the typical schools you see Penn State competing with, are they? No, no, not at all. And yeah, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Auburn was a little bit. I was a little bit interested to see Auburn make that Final Four. Oklahoma and Nebraska. I kind of felt like they were going to be in there just because of he'd been out there. He's been taking visits there, and obviously, so he's been showing an interest um, in those in those schools. But you're right. There's aren't really normally schools that come up into that territory in order to recruit. But I think if you're looking at those those teams and those who's running those defenses uh, down there at Oklahoma, you know, it's it's uh, Coach Roof. Um, who Penn State fans are probably familiar with. Um, he's defense coordinator down there at Oklahoma. Now he likes those box backers that are going to be a tone setter. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe they're thinking that they're going to be a little – and they don't have a guy on their roster like that maybe. Um, and then Nebraska, Barrett Rude, you know, he's a tackling machine from there. And he, he kind of likes those dudes that are going to come in and just want to knock people through the walls and, and things like that. And so it kind of makes sense. Um, but, yeah, those aren't really necessarily two schools that come up into that territory often. All right, let's shift now to the positive news, and there was. And speaking of surprises, I'll be honest with you, this is not a name I had heard previously. Um, Ajani, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Ajani Shakur, a three-star wide receiver from New Jersey, six foot, 180. He made a commitment to Penn State. He, although I guess he's listed as an athlete, I, I guess Penn State's looking at him as a wide receiver. What could you tell us about Shakur? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, we haven't talked about him a lot, obviously. Probably could have thought maybe or probably thought this might come maybe more in the summer after he took an official visit. Um, he has visited State College five times at least that we know of. So he, it's, he's been on campus a lot. Right. And he even said that when the first time that he ever visited, he wanted to commit then just because of the energy, uh, the stadium, everything that was going on there. Uh, he fell in love with. And so ever since then, it always just kind of has stuck with him. I think this was a case of, of 
you know, Penn State and him both just kind of working towards this decision um, and making sure that it was right for both parties. I think personally, I do think that Rivals has it pegged right um, when they have him pegged as an athlete because I do think this kid uh, can play both ways. Um, I even think I would even probably go as far to say that perhaps his upside on defense is a little bit higher. Uh, he wants to play offense. Uh, he's quoted as saying as much in the article. Penn State staff likes him on both sides. They are interested in him on both sides. Um, both Coach Smith and Stubblefield have been talking to him, recruiting to recruiting him, staying in contact with him. Um, and so we'll see how that shakes out ultimately. But I do think Rivals has it pegged right as an athlete. I think that you know, on offense, what you see is a guy that uh, he has some, you know, he has some burst. He's a little bit more of a build-a-speed guy, um, but he does have a little bit of burst there, so he can separate. But what he does really well is that he goes up and he adjusts his body in the air. Uh, he can contort his body any which way and go and pluck the ball out of the air, which you'd love to see, obviously, out of your receivers, right? So the quarterback going to have more and more trust in you to throw it up because they can trust you that you're going to jump up, uh, contort that body, and go get it. He does that really well. On defense, though, I think what you kind of see is you see those instincts, um, you see the quickness, um, and you know there's a play, uh, one of the first few plays on his clips, he makes a quick adjustment, um, hips move fast, he fires out, and he almost picks the ball off for a pick six. So that, different things like that, I, I do think that he has a potential to go both ways, but you know on the on the forefront or at the beginning at least, yeah, he wants to be a receiver, and, and Penn State's going to treat him as such in this class. It does seem recently that that's the route Penn State seems to be going with these kids, where there's more and more of them that are listed as athletes and could play either way. Is that a trend? Is that the type of player they're looking for? Is there a reason for that happening, Eric? Yeah, it certainly seems to be that way. Because, I mean, if you look back at the last year's class, they, I, they, I mean, they, I think they took three, maybe even four athletes quote-unquote athletes, right, that were listed by rivals as such. Um, and then this class, you know, they have they have one and probably have two realistically because Mega is probably really realistically an athlete, and they had Neo in there too. So I think what they like to do is uh, I think a philosophy of theirs is find guys that play both ways, that are good at both ways, but perhaps maybe just need a little extra coaching or maybe just need to focus on one side of the ball at that next label, level, and you'll really see them flourish. Um, that's certainly the case here with uh, Johnny. I think he's somebody that, you know, when, when he gets focused on offense or he gets focused on defense, whatever it may be, I think you'll really see him shine. But, yeah, I think that – I think it's a – I wouldn't say it's something that they're necessarily going out of their way to uh, find. Maybe it is, but I think they like that uh, that athlete that demonstrates skills, football skills. You know that he can do more than just one thing on both offense and defense, and then they like that as how they can kind of uh, mold him uh, when then when he gets on campus. It's kind of like uh, a, you know I, I was talking to somebody recently who was telling me how much they just love 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 recruiting guys that are three sport athletes because. They're just so, you know, they're so raw. Not raw, but they just, are, you know, there's so much more molding of that clay that you can do once they get on campus. You, ex you expect them to rise, right? Their floor is so low that you expect their ceiling to be so much higher just because you, you think you can take them there with your college coaching. And I think maybe that's kind of a, a little bit of the mindset here with Penn State staff is get these guys that are really true athletes that shine. You know, Johnny, he's also... Uh, a really good track athlete. You know, he's got a really good tw uh, 200 time. He's got a good 400 time. So uh, he's got some of those those skill sets um, that you think that maybe we get him on campus, he gets into our program, and we can really elevate him then once we get him focused on one position and we get him that college-level coaching. In the last minute we have left, Eric, the wide receiver position, if we call him a wide receiver, he's the first one. How does the re wide receiver recruiting look right now? Are there any hot other hot names to remember? Yeah, I mean, so I think obviously a wide receiver, you know, 
it really all comes down to one name, right? It all comes down to Rodney Gallagher. He's kind of the pivot point of this whole thing, right? And so I would say that they're looking to take maybe one, two, one to two guys. Obviously, now they hit with, with uh, Shakur in there. They're going to take, you know, two, obviously, of Gallagher once in. They might go to three because there's a guy, you know, they got a guy down in Florida um, by, that's a speedster, another speedster by, like, the name Santana Fleming um, that's going to have an official visit in late June. You got Kenny Johnson, the PA uh, wide receiver, that is uh, another guy that they're going to bring in for an official visit at the end of June. So there's guys like that that they have available so that if they go to two to three, if they want to take three receivers in this class. But, I mean, realistically – all eyes and, and everybody's focus really is on Rodney Gallagher and what happens with him coming out of that June 17th weekend official visit leading up to his July 4th uh, commitment because, like I said, he's the pivot point of all of this. They're probably they're probably waiting to see if they would ramp up anything else with other receivers um, and who would be takes after they know exactly what's going to happen with Rodney. Very good, Eric. As always, thanks for the great information. But that is it for this edition of the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.